0: Young entertainment, young entertainment. Young entertainment professionals. Professionals. Young entertainment professionals. Hey, young entertainers! Libby Ulrich here with the Young Entertainment Professionals podcast, a series featuring the people cultivating the entertainment industry and how they discovered their career path with the help of YEP Nashville.
1: People underestimate how valuable it is to do your research because if I had not done what I had done to prepare when I was put in that moment talking to Lynette outside of CMA, I probably would have just said, I can't have an internship, I'm sorry, but thank you. Or if I had gone into that meeting without preparing and coming in with these social media ideas, it would have just been a meeting.
0: Today's guest is the creative coordinator in publishing at Creative Nation, Ms. Shayna Botwin. Shayna, above all, is a true fan of music. She found her dream role in the industry by way of connecting with other music fans and researching songs and the people behind them. We touch on everything from why she pursued publishing to her thoughts on company culture, especially that of Creative Nation. She shares what she's learned working for Luke and Beth Laird and building careers for their songwriter artists like Cassie Ashton. This is a great episode for those who want more advice on networking, finding out what element of the industry aligns with their passions, and ways to continue to grow in their role. Last year, we hosted a live episode recording at The Tracking Room with Surviving the Music Industry podcast that features Luke and Beth Laird and Barry Dean. If you want to hear more from the Creative Nation team, you can find that episode called Relationship Goals. It's episode 102, wherever you listen to podcasts. Now to our conversation with Shana Botlin. Shayna Botwin, am I pronouncing your last name right? You sure are. Amazing. Creative coordinator of publishing at Creative Nation. Welcome to the Yep Podcast. Thank you for having me. Of course. And, okay, first of all, I got to talk about, you got some animal print boots on.
1: I do. They look great. Thank you. I love them. I, stir, I, I stood staring at these and looking at these and some snake skin ones, and I stood for probably 15 minutes just staring <laughs> and then went with the cheetah ones, but I'll be back for the snakes.
0: Good call. Yeah, thanks. yeah. It's like level up. It's yes. like we'll start with the animal print, then we'll yes. work towards a snake, and then
1: yes. you know move on to reptile print.
0: <laughs> you have a cool collection. <laughs> yes. Um. First, we're just we're gonna talk about Taylor Swift. We're gonna start with that, as all conversations should start. As all conversations should start. Um, she's releasing a new album tomorrow, and she is. Am I wrong? <laughs>
1: okay, ooh. Well, for for those listening, I put up a finger. Um, I. Not the middle one, just the index finger. I
0: was like, okay. (laughs) Am I – I may not be like – Well,
1: so here's my theory. I mean – and I I don't think it's an album. I never thought it's an album. It'll be a single. I say this as if I know, but I think it will not be an album because she is still so focused on beating her own records. And if she cold drops an album, she's not going to do A Million Street Week and she's not going to beat her own record because there's just not the promotional time to go with it. So, I think that it'll be a single and an album soon after or maybe even two songs. I saw I'm keeping up to date with all of the rumors that I saw something about two songs maybe. So, I'm good with that. I just don't think it'll be a full album.
0: I'm not going to debate that. Yeah. It's a strong <laughs> strong um stance. You yes. take. Um, sorry, words, <laughs> mural, <laughs> there's a mural in the gulch. <laughs> I'm butchering this right now. Sorry. No, it's um, great. there's a, there was a mural in the gulch
1: Indeed today was.
0: that's like, I mean, it's just like this butterfly rainbow situation. Yes. What was your experience? What was it like?
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> well, when this started going up a couple of days ago, people like knew this was connected to Taylor. Just because she had been talking about butterflies and there were cats in the mural and whatever. People are like, Taylor's putting this up. So this morning I got into work and a friend sent me a Facebook Live link of like News Channel 4 was live at the mural. And it said, Taylor Swift rumored to appear. So I was sitting with my coworkers at like 930. (laughs) I come out of the smoke. (laughs) Well, I said, I'm sorry, I have to go to the (laughs) gulch. So I quickly drove away. (laughs) and went down to the Gulch and stood with, you would be surprised at the amount of other music industry people that were there.
0: (laughs) I was, I was telling a friend, she had texted me and she was like, are you in the middle of this NFL draft stuff? And I was like, no, like I'm steering clear of it. But Taylor Swift did draft all the Swifties to the Gulch. There's two drafts going
1: on. Yes. And it was, I mean, it was fun. I saw many old friends and Uh, did some work while I waited and, uh, Taylor eventually came out and just like was there and took some pictures and met a ton of fans and whatever. And I was like, okay, cool. I was here. I got a really great thing that I'm going to (laughs) post. Um, and, and it was a fun morning. And then I went to work and caught up on all the things I missed for the few hours when I was standing there.
0: (laughs) Man, that's amazing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um and so I also like wanted to talk about that as well because from what I hear, like you were a part of her, her fan club early um, on. Like did you like did you have part in that yeah in well, volunteering for
1: that? So the Taylor Swift, like I'll I'll never be someone who's like embarrassed to talk about like being a fangirl in the past because I would not be in my job where I am in Nashville if it weren't for Taylor Swift. Like I so I found Taylor when I was 12 and just like fell in love with her music and this was around the time of her first album and just I had never liked country music I was not into that but I found Taylor and was like oh I guess I was actually ashamed to admit it at first because I was embarrassed that I like country music <laughs> and so eventually I came around to admitting that I just loved it and I, this was still in the time of MySpace. And so I had gone and like looked at her MySpace and I saw that all of her top friends were people that had pictures with her. And I was like, oh my God, I want to meet Taylor Swift. How do I get my picture with her? And so I started messaging these people on MySpace and was just asking them, I was like, how'd you meet Taylor? And some people responded and said through her manager. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, Can I get uh- his email? And got many no's. And then I was like, okay, I guess I need to like go back and rethink my strategy here. So then I went back, found some more people to message and was just like befriending them. And actually that's probably like seven of the people that I was with at the Taylor thing today, but I just befriended these people on MySpace, and then eventually got to the point where someone gave me her manager's info. And so from there, that was the first contact I ever made in the industry. And just as he moved on from Taylor a year or so after I had met him, um, he started managing some other artists and I kind of found them and started listening to their music. And then I'm from Atlanta. And so every tour of every size comes through Atlanta. And so, um, every time a show would come through, I would Google, see who the opener was, figure out who their manager was, and then email them and ask for meet and greets. And so that's just how I started meeting people. And like, that's how I met Andrew Cohen and Mark Rucker and what? all of this stuff back when they were at Crush. Cause I re- I went, I had emailed about Kristen Kelly because she was opening for Brad Paisley, and I met Rucker when he was like out on the road with her, and I had emailed. Cohen about the meet and greets for it <laughs> and so I I went on hoping that people would forget this is how I met them you met um, people
0: in yep because of Taylor Swift oh
1: yeah like I <laughs> I no yeah I, of course I, I should mean. talk about yep no so I found I found yep like probably my freshman or sophomore year of high school because I had been talking to all of these people i had been talking to Andrew talking to these people and so I I mean, I I didn't really know the boundaries. And so I would add all of these people on Facebook and all of this stuff. And so f- through that, I discovered Yep and just followed along, like, for years from home. And just – so then finally I moved here and it was so great because I knew all of these people. They didn't know me, but I knew all of them. And I had been like, okay, this person you works You've done here your and- research. Exactly. And I would not be where I am if it weren't for doing that research in advance. And it just – allowed me to like have the upper hand when I'm put in a opportunity, I could take advantage of it. Mm -hmm. So yeah.
0: Look at you now. Taylor Swift. Yeah. 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 Um, So really quick from a publishing standpoint, what do you think has made Taylor Swift successful in terms of like her songwriting craft and being able to like put together these different types of albums that, that just, do so well and yeah communicate messages in in a way that
1: yeah I mean that's that's so clever and unique and she I mean she is first and foremost a great songwriter I don't think that anyone has ever claimed that Taylor's the best vocalist there is Mm -hmm. um her thing that has always drawn people towards her and has given her success is that she's a fantastic songwriter and she's able to write songs that connect with people and make people feel things and even like if it's i mean she obviously doesn't necessarily fit into the country genre anymore but um the songs that she writes can and like Mm -hmm. if they just had some different production on them they still could and like i think it's really cool how she's still especially now just has so much focus on being a writer and is wanting outside cuts now mm-hmm. and is giving songs to little big town and, um and the whole thing with Calvin Harris and that like ghost writer right. on that song. And, um, and it's really interesting though. Cause like in the beginning it was all very, and it's still very like, what's the word? Just very like inside. There were very few people who were going to have cuts on a Taylor record, like four or five writers. And mm-hmm. it's, for the most part, still going to be that way. But now she's open to more collaborations. And at least if she's not going to get, if she's not going to cut her own song, at least give it to someone else. So I think that's cool. And, um, and just that she experimented too and did that Speak Now album and did it all 100% her rights and then maybe realized, okay, I should probably get back to co-writing with people and went back to it and moved on. So, yeah. she's done it all. Yeah, she has. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Now we can stop talking about Taylor, so we don't make we this can. weird. <laughs>
0: totally fine. Um, so, your
1: work background.
0: Yes. How did you? When did you decide publishing was the area of the industry that like?
1: Well, I, to make any of it make sense, I kind of I'll try and make this as quick as I can because there's not really a super short way to tell it, but. Um, I have to kind of say my background to make that make sense. But mm-hmm. um, so, like, you heard all the stuff, how I first got into the industry, met all these people. So I moved here two days after I graduated high school and moved here for the summer to start interning with a digital company and a publishing company, mm-hmm. neither of which are around anymore. But um, I always wanted to be in publishing. One of one of my friends that I had met via MySpace had... Uh, <laughs> like you guys have no idea this is like the future is meeting all these people on the internet i like when i moved here i had this built in group of probably 15 friends that i had just met from being taylor swift fans and then they all moved to nashville and wanted to work in the industry so it was a really cool thing and um and they were all older than me which was really great because like as i was starting high school they were starting college and they were all at belmont and mtsu and I would just live vicariously through them. And so one of my friends uh, who was at MTSU hit me up one day and was like, hey, have you ever heard of songwriters? And at the time, I was still like only listening. Like there was a solid year where I only listened to Taylor Swift in 2009. Uh And so – I was like, I mean, I know Taylor. I know she writes all her songs, but I didn't realize they were co-writers. And so she sent me to Natalie Hemby's MySpace. And the first demo I ever heard as my introduction to writers was the song that she wrote with Luke Laird called Fine Tune. And I heard that and I was like, wow, this is really, really great. And so from there, I dove into Natalie and Hillary Lindsay and Luke Laird and Shane McAnally. And I found all of these people that just like... My thing is, I'm such a music fan. Like, I'm greedy. I want more than 10 songs every two years. And so with songwriters, I would go and I would see they have a MySpace with songs on it. They have Reverb Nation. They have SoundCloud and all of these things where I was, like, constantly getting more Natalie Hemby songs and constantly getting more Hillary Lindsay songs. So I was like, well, this is great. These are great songs and I get them all the time. So that is, like, what made me fall in love with it. So back to graduated high school moved here started interning and um moved out to Murfreesboro started MTSU 2014 fall and um I started running this program they have called CMAEDU there and yeah. um and great program every everything in my life is because of CMAEDU and Taylor Swift and so and my uh, space in my space yes um so with CMAEDU, like they it's like the CMA's college outreach program that people who want to work in the music business do and you get to volunteer and go to panels and that kind of stuff. And so I they'll host these little like live at CMA showcases with mm-hmm. all the new artists in town and they'll invite the Nashville chapters of CMAEDU to come. And so um, the first event I ever went to was... I'm really weird with dates. Don't judge me, but it was September 4th. And um, so it was like maybe a week or two into school starting. And so it was this live at CMA showcase with Chase Bryant. And I went with a couple girls from MTSU. And as it was wrapping up, I'm standing outside just talking to the girls. And I was talking about social media because I was running all of their socials for us. And I was just like, we'll post this at this time. So people see it, whatever, like Everyone says that, but I didn't do any research. And so um, this lady who was standing out there walks up to me and is like, hey, um, I'm the VP of digital at Broken Bow. Do you want an internship? And I was like, oh, my God, I would love an internship. Um, I can't intern. I had fought with MTSU on this, but they would not budge on credit. So I hope someone from MTSU is listening Um, because I don't agree with that at all. I think it's a really bad policy, to be honest. If someone is willing to offer you an internship, the school should not block you from taking it. Um, so I told her, I would love an internship. I can't intern, but please just let me come in for a meeting. So I went in and I actually, I got together with one of the first people I ever met from Yep, Garrison Snell and, um, got together with Garrison and we had just talked about this. I was like, I feel like I need to prepare something for this meeting. So I'm not just walking in like, Hey, I'm here. I can't intern. Um, so we went through all of Chase's socials and just, I was, I brought it in and I was like, this is good. This is bad. Maybe do this instead. And I was looking at it at the standpoint of an 18 year old female country fan who was also once a super fan. So like, I know what that fan wants to see when they're looking at social media from an artist. And so, um, so I just brought it in with that and they ended up hiring me as an independent contractor. And basically it was pretty much like a paid internship and, just kind of handed me broken bow socials and some artist stuff and just let me run with it. And I was like, oh, okay, this is kind of weird, but sure. (laughs) And so I started doing that in October 2014. And then November, um, the other person who was in the digital department ended up leaving. And Lynette, the VP at the time, had hit me up and emailed me and was like, hey, this person's leaving. I'm going to need to fill his position. You're at the top of the list. Let me know if you're interested. And I was just like, "Wow, uh, okay. <laughs> and so, well, I was like freaking out. I called my mom. She was like, you're, you're a freshman. You can't take a job. And I hung up on her because I was like, I don't need to hear this. And so I then argued with my parents for about a week and was really stressed about it, but convinced them like, I don't – I mean – you're not guaranteed a job when you graduate college, especially in this industry. Um, and I was just offered a job. How could I turn it down? And so um I can always go back to school if I need to, but I can't just know that a job is gonna be there right. for me. And so I ended up starting at Broken Bow full-time January 2015, um, doing digital marketing and uh stayed there for three and a half years, dropped out of school. Um, and Yeah, so I stayed there for three and a half years, but that whole time just knew, like, this is really great. It's an amazing opportunity that fell in my lap, but I know it's not what I want to do. I want to be in publishing. Um, So I spent all of 2017 just really on the hunt for a publishing job, and it was not a fun year of, like – I mean, I was still in my current job, which was great, and they were really lenient with me in knowing that I wanted to leave, and they were really cool about it, and so that was a blessing, but – Um, It was just a year of interviewing and being let down and meeting with people constantly, which is great because I love meeting with people, but it was that like staring at my phone waiting for someone to call me back or waiting for that responding email and whatever. Mm -hmm. And so it was a little bit tough and a little bit stressful, and I'm normally not like a stressed out person, so it was weird. Um, And at the end of the year, I, I hit up Beth Laird, who anybody who knows me knows how much I love Creative Nation. I love Beth Laird, like always the person I looked up to most in my dream company. And um, I, I had had a great relationship with Beth over the years. So I just got together with her and was just like, what else do I need to be doing? I'm meeting with publishers every day. i I've gone down the road with like six or seven different companies through the interview process and they're all just not working. I, I don't understand. And. She just told me timing is everything, something will happen, just keep doing what you're doing and that was right before Christmas 2017 and I came back to work beginning of 2018 and got a call from Beth and she basically just kind of had me start going through their hiring process without really telling me that's what I was doing like she just called me and was like hey let's I want you to take this personality test which I had taken for her in the past um but they were doing this new one for all the writers, the interns, the whole company takes these personality tests. And so I was like, sure, whatever. And um, then she was like, okay, let's get together and talk about these results. So I was like, of course, anything to get together <laughs> with you. And um, and then from there she was like, okay, I want you to meet with everyone on the team. And then something in the back of my mind was like, wait, what's happening? Like and what? Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. And then in a span of two weeks from that first initial meeting, I got the job and have been there for – over a year now which is kind of crazy but yeah so that was the long story as short as i could have made it
0: what did but you learn about yourself in those personality tests
1: they're so interesting and i think it's really like top of mind now too because everyone's all about the enneagram right. now yeah. what is you what are you oh. what is you? <laughs> oh yes yes i don't know you well enough to guess can you guess me no see <laughs> okay I, i'm a one i'm a three wing two okay i'm a three through and through Um, But it's so interesting. And, like, the Enneagram and then the personality test that we take now is called the DISC Profile. And they're so fascinating because it gives you insight on, like, how people are actually different and, like, that – this person communicates this way, and they like to receive information this way. Mm-hmm. This person likes details. This person doesn't. And, like, just When this all person these, is
0: stressed out, this is how yeah, they react. Yeah, this is what they
1: do, and this is how they react, and this is what they want to hear versus what they don't want to hear that will, like, send them <laughs> further down the hole. And it's just – it's helped a lot in just understanding people, especially people that you work closely with mm-hmm. or are friends with or are in a relationship with. So I'm all about that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's a
0: good telltale sign of like where you fit in terms of culture mm-hmm. and friendships and for sure. community
1: and everything. for sure. Yeah. And I mean with us, we're we're a really small company. There's seven staff. So we have our publishing and then we also have a management wing, but we have five who are in publishing, two in management, and then we have nine writers. Um and so we're in we work in a house, we're in close quarters. So it is important that people work well together and the culture Mm, fits because if you throw in someone who's just really like really different from everyone else and doesn't necessarily get along then it can mess up everyone's vibe yeah yeah yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) um so your day-to-day what does that look like i mean because i mean it's i i've even noticed over the past like two years like creative nation is just like is it, you know everyone's eyes are on what they're doing and they're writers and I mean it's just a very interesting and unique culture that you all have and yeah I um, mean the types of talent that that you've that you've um, been managing and developing is really really cool.
1: It's a it's a really great company and I'm really lucky to be there. Our whole thing is again we have nine writers and. There's two of us doing creative, me and Jeff Skaggs. And so we don't like do point people and split our roster and do that like mm-hmm. some bigger companies do. We're both both of us are all hands on deck, all nine writers. And and I think I love that because you get to feel really involved with everyone and same for them the other way around. And so mm-hmm. I love that. And just that every one of our writers has something really unique and different about each of them. Mm-hmm. Our whole thing when we sign people is that we don't want to sign anybody who's in the same lane. We want to make sure that every one of our writers has their thing so that they can get the best of the opportunities that come their way. And we can put all of our effort on them in what they do. And so Mm -hmm. that there's not having to be internal competition between them. Like, oh, we have four track guys that do kind of the same thing. This artist has a free day. We have to fight between them who gets it. That type of thing. So, like we know someone's looking for a great lyricist or whatever. We have Barry Dean and we throw him there. So it's like, it's just a good way I think to be able to get the most like attention on everyone. And yeah, that was a little bit rambling. No, I love Um, it.
0: Yeah. You're giving such great
1: perspective. And then so day to day is always different, but I think really any plugger's job could be kind of evenly split between booking rights pitching songs, and then meeting with writers and artists and that kind of thing. So I think it's really important to meet with, like, young writers and artists that reach out to you. Like, I'm, I think most would agree with this too. Like, I'll listen to things that people send me, but I'm way more compelled to listen to something if I know that person otherwise it's probably gonna sit in my inbox for a while if you're just a random person who sent me a song. Um, and then there are plenty of other companies that I mean really don't accept unsolicited material and right. I mean I think we technically don't either but uh, but it's just one of those things where like those relationships you never know who's gonna be, Really great, and that whole thing. So, I think that it's important to meet with the young people that are reaching out to you, or, or if you see someone at a show or see someone on Instagram or something and you're curious about what they're doing, either hitting them up if they haven't hit you up. And so, do a lot of coffees with writers and then. I, it's kind of ironic since I am a dropout, but like I think the university outreach thing is so important. And I think I love to meet with students and do like CMA ADU and solid and Grammy U mentorships and that kind of thing. Cause I think it is really important to show people with my specific story, like you don't just have to follow the path that everyone else has done. Like if an opportunity arises for you to go do something else, then do it. So yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, Can you talk about just the management style that you enjoy about um, Luke and Beth and kind of what those who are listening should look for in terms of culture and maybe like what you're experiencing isn't for them, but maybe to, to give them a sense of, you know, what am I looking for in a boss and management? Yeah. Do I want to be a part of, you know, a business or do I want to do my own thing?
1: Yeah. I mean, I personally am a very independent person. I always have been. I've always kind of done my own thing. I've Mm -hmm. never been that person that has like one specific clique of friends they hang out with. And like, I just, I float around and I'm just on my own. And so I know that I personally would not work well being micromanaged. And luckily through my career thus far, I have not been micromanaged, Mm -hmm. but I think that Um, with Beth, like she knows that about me. Beth and I are very similar in how we operate and how we like to work and be managed and that type of thing. And so she, she knows what she likes and she knows that I kind of fall into that. And so, I mean, part of what makes Creative Nation so great and such a great work environment is the level of trust there. Like when, so when I first started there, obviously this is my first publishing job. And so I kind of thought when I started, there would be a little bit like of a trial period of, oh, I'm going to run my songs past Jeff or Beth before I pitch them. And um, or before I set up this meeting, like I'll be like, oh, is that cool? And then maybe like a week or two in, Jeff was like, you don't need to ask me about all of these things. Like we hired you because we trust you and your opinions. And I was like, oh, great. This is amazing. Good to know. And so – because that was also not very natural for me to be doing all that. Yeah. Um, and so I'm more of like a ask for forgiveness instead of asking permission person. Same. So, yeah. Uh, you so just that was, do
0: it and then if something goes awry, exactly. we'll
1: just – We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. More exactly. Through, yeah. yeah I, I'm not a huge planner. I'm more of a wing it person. And so uh, – but yeah, it's it's been really, really great to have that in Beth and just that like confidence and – And someone who, like, wants our input and our insight on Mm -hmm. stuff. And she, like, she's such a great boss because she keeps us very, like, up to date on everything happening and good things and bad things. Sometimes Mm -hmm. if things don't go the way we want to in a deal or whatever it is, just, like, keeping us up to date all along the way. And I think having that transparency is a really cool thing as a business owner because it lets your staff and your employees like know, okay, we're on the same page. Like she mm-hmm. wants our opinion. She wants us to be in the know and not just be in the dark and be like, oh, we found out from Music Row that this happened. Right. Um, Which sometimes does happen. And so it's really great to be in a place where that's not the norm. So yeah.
0: Um, In terms of pitching, what within the time that you've been in the publishing world, have you seen change in the way that songs reach artists and how they reach fans and just the um, cadence at which songs are released. Yeah. Kind of like we were talking about with the like the Taylor Swift thing you know like it can vary from someone releasing a single to two singles to mm -hmm. an album to an EP to Mm -hmm. like trickling every week a new a new for sure. I song. think
1: actually my label background gives a lot more of that insight on, and it, it's interesting to see it from both sides now, to see it mm-hmm. from the publishing side, the songwriter side, and then see it from the artist and label side. And we have management, like, mm-hmm. so our, our management arm, um, all of our management clients are publishing first, but we also manage Cassie Ashton, Steve Mokler, Lori McKenna. Um, and so it's interesting to see, cause like Cassie's in a major label deal so to see all of that coming in from the management side is kind of that missing piece that I hadn't really seen before um but yeah it's really interesting like as far as pitching songs goes I mean I I wasn't around too much before to really see but from everything I've heard the game has really changed from I mean so many new artists in country are songwriters and there are not nearly as many outside songs being cut as there once were and so you still have pitch meetings, you still get songs cut off pitch meetings, but a lot of the times now they're best used for getting information and finding out like, is this artist going in with a new producer? Oh, they got cut dates, whatever, so that you can strategically book rights with those artists since they're songwriters um, and that kind of stuff. And then it is interesting, This, this is more info coming from the label side, but just seeing like, I mean, so much of an album being released is going to be based on how's the single doing because mm-hmm. a lot of money goes into releasing an album. And if a single isn't performing, that album probably isn't going to get released. And if it does get released, it's not going to do well. And we're in that weird time in country specifically where sales are so, 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 so down. And streaming is way up, but it's not nearly as up as it is in urban or pop or hip hop or whatever. Right. Um, So it hasn't really done that equal out thing. And so um, it's this weird time of like seeing first week sales on like superstar albums that are like 20,000 or something where you're like, oh, wow, this is interesting. And streaming numbers are through the roof, but it's still weird. And so you'll have some like newer artists where they have a single, but they're not a guaranteed hit maker and the single's not a hit yet. And they have an album slated to come out. And then the single's not performing like they think it should, so the album gets pulled, and either the single falls off and dies and that's it, or sometimes they'll put out an EP instead of the album, um, or maybe they'll just pull the single and put out another single, but it's interesting, and I think that labels are being more aware of that because of how much of that money goes into it, and again, like if you put out an album and have pretty weak sales or just less than expected, it's not... guarantee for that artist to get another album and so people are I know management is way more present in that than they ever have been and I mean half like red light artists I mean red light is its own like ecosystem where they have every single thing going on there and are basically a whole team and they can release their own management yeah yeah and digital and marketing and publicity and all of this stuff within management and so you're seeing a lot more of that and seeing a lot of artists releasing stuff before they get a record deal and then getting a record deal once they've released this music, they've built a touring base, and they have their creative vision in mind. Mm. Solid. Yeah. Solid. <laughs> I love it.
0: Um, I want to talk about Cassie Ashton for a second. Yes. So she's a Belmont kid. Mm-hmm. No, I know her, familiar with her from that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I've always been impressed just with her work ethic. Yeah. Like the amount that she does on her own. Can you speak to like what it's like to work with a young person like that? For sure.
1: For sure. Well, and this like, I swear to you, this is the truth when I say this, but when I, so when I first saw Cassie, she was already with creative nation, but it was before she signed her record deal. I was still at broken bow at the time and she had done two showcases. She did an acoustic showcase and then she did a full band one, like a couple weeks later. Mm -hmm. Um, and when she, so I was at this acoustic showcase first, and after I saw it, I was like, "There is no artist that I want to work with more than I want to work with Cassie Ash." And I swear to you, I said this. You <laughs> could ask people, and, um, and they can so, listen to this and know. Yeah, yeah. I was like, just everything about her is so good. Like the music is so good. She's so compelling. The show is amazing, especially after seeing the full band show. The show is incredible. And then, as I started working with her, just seeing like you said, how much she does, like for everyone that doesn't know Cassie, like she, so she has her record deal is a joint venture with UMG Nashville and Interscope out of LA. And so um, she's got some really great teams behind her and she just does so she's so hands on with what she does and she runs all of her social media by herself she's a graphic designer and she designs all of her single covers album covers all of that stuff she designs her own merch she basically plans out every single part of her music video and basically does every part of it except the filming she makes of her it. Own clothes she makes and her then post clothes. videos about
0: how she made the clothes yes. and I'm like wow she. she got-
1: <laughs> I mean she's got it's like insane. her sewing machine is like her prize possession she makes all of these clothes like for red carpets and everyday wear and she's like the most handy girl you would ever meet and like lives at Home Depot basically and is just I mean literally so talented in every way so it's really cool to work with someone like that who is so hands-on in their career because you have artists that are and you have artists that are really really hands-off and especially as someone who worked in digital having someone who like I don't know if anyone even has any of the passwords to her socials. She does all of that. So it's really cool to see artists who are so involved in it.
0: What um, kind of advice can you offer to those artists that are trying to learn how to be hands-on in their digital like, – or more hands-on?
1: <sighs> yeah. I mean, digital social media is like <laughs> – It's a whole nother episode, I feel It like. is. It's, it's really, really hard It's very time consuming. It's very hard. And a lot of times, like, people will ask me on stuff like, just how do I gain more followers? I'm like, I don't know. Like, it's real, there's not a right answer. And what works for one person doesn't work for the next person. And I think the best thing you can do on social media is just be authentically yourself. Don't necessarily chase these other things that people are trying to do. Find whatever your thing is and do it. And, like, I'm trying to think back. I know. A successful thing that I had done at Broken Bow when I was doing that was um I was working really closely with Craig Campbell at the time and we had started this is probably 2015 I think we started doing this like at the time I think it was really when Facebook had first launched their like native video hosting where you could upload a video direct to Facebook instead of just linking one. And they were really, really pushing you to upload your own videos. And so we were like, okay, what can we do so that we're regularly uploading these? So we started this like just weekly series because he's Craig is also all about like women, that whole thing. So we started this like woman cover Wednesday because we saw people were posting covers and we're doing really, really well with them. So we're like, what can we do that's different than just posting a cover? So we, it was based off woman crush Wednesday. It's just hashtag WCW. And we would do woman cover Wednesday and every week Craig would just cover a female song. And, um, we did that and it went really, really well. And we would get a ton of press pickup every week. Every time he would post something, we would have some people come do guest covers with him. Um, and, yeah, I'm trying to think of everyone we had come do it. We had a good bit of people do it, but I, I remember it's so funny. She, I think she was like 11 at the time, but like Teagan Marie came and did one because she saw it, and <laughs> no he way. like helped. I think he like helped premiere one of her songs with her by doing it on there. And um, but we had a handful of female artists come do it with him, and it was a really cool thing. And it was like a just a like unique way to for Craig to be himself and keep the fans there waiting. They knew every Wednesday that was going to happen. So they're waiting for that every Wednesday. So I think, again, with social media, it's just important to find your thing that – people can know you for like with Cassie there's this thing she's been rolling out that you were kind of referencing like sh- I think it's called the look where she's been going through like her music video yeah. outfits and mm-hmm. she's been going through how she made them and like taking you step by step and just going through each of these things and like behind the scenes of the music video like this is how I did this this is how I thought of this thing and um and yeah just kind of finding what makes you unique and throwing it out there basically
0: it definitely makes her and ins- unique and sets her apart from yeah from anyone else. Yeah. So, yeah. Um any other like parting wisdom that you have for the industry oh. the the kid out there that's <laughs> wanting an industry yeah. job.
1: Well, I mean, I know we talked about it earlier on, but I think that it like people underestimate how valuable it is to do your research because if I had not done What I had done to prepare, when I was put in that moment talking to Lynette outside of CMA, I probably would have just said, I can't have an internship, I'm sorry, but thank you. Or if I had gone into Mm -hmm. that meeting without preparing and coming in with these social media ideas, it would have just been a meeting where I got to know Lynette or... All of that stuff. I think it's just really important. There's so many like resources. There's this podcast. There's so many different music podcasts you could listen like for publishing specific people. There's like and the writer is and Mm. the AIMP podcast, I think it's called and um, and NSAI and like all of these different things. And then, I mean, there's just so many resources and like it's not hard to find people's emails and figure them out. And I think, I think the most important thing you can do is be reaching out to people and building relationships. And literally everybody will tell you this, but, um, it's just getting to know people and not going, trying to get anything from anyone, just reaching out to get coffee with someone because you love their company and you want to know what they do and that kind of thing. And, Um, Or you want to know their story. And just befriending people your age. Like if you're a student at Belmont, being friends with the people in your class. Because the longer you're here, the more apparent it becomes how everyone in Nashville rises in classes. Like you just have the groups of people that all get their pub deals and their record deals and their jobs all at the same time. And it's these groups of friends that just go through the ranks. And it's a really, really cool thing to watch. Um,
0: And it's it's so funny because like so many of us are here – either doing the industry thing or doing the yeah. songwriter artist thing. And like out of all the songwriters and artists that that I've interviewed, especially for NSAI Coffee Break, like mm-hmm. each of them has a unique story still. Like I've mm-hmm. never sat down and thought, oh, like this is the same story. This is the same thing. Like every single time I'm enlightened because they have their own specific like songwriting craft or like yeah. the way that they express themselves. And I think that that's like – What's so cool about our industry is that it's
1: yeah. never a dull moment. For sure. And like, yeah, it, it's so interesting. And every like you said, everyone has their story. And like if, if you're at Belmont again, you're going to like naturally have these people and you have – like all the showcases you can do there and mm-hmm. best of the best and that kind of stuff. And you have bear house and those things. I'm like really educated on Belmont for someone who didn't go there, but I used to go to their combos. I would think um, that you
0: would have like, I, have been- that's how
1: I met Beth Laird for the first time is that this is a funny, quick little side note. I met her for the first time. Cause before I started MTSU, it was like, there must have been a summer convo for something, and Beth was speaking on a panel with a few other people, and I saw it. I don't know how I saw it because I didn't go there, but I saw that it was happening, and I was like, oh, my God, I have to go meet Beth Laird. And so I went <laughs> and ended up meeting her for the first time there, and if anyone listening to this ever meets her, just ask her about that because it's really <laughs> great. Um, but uh, basically after the convo, we I was – she was just, like, talking to the people who were there, and I was standing next to her, like, listening to the conversation she was having and just, like, waiting my turn. And um, she this is right after she had her son, Jake, and she kind of, like, stopped the conversation she was having and was like, hey, I got to get home to Jake. Like, do you know where Inman Garage is? And so I just kind of, like, swooped in, and I was like, I parked there. I could walk you. And she was like, okay. And so <laughs> so I walked her back to her car. and Swift. I, Yes. Move. And I had that I that. was on a Taylor
0: Swift reference. And then I accidentally like, it, left, works, yeah, it, it works.
1: And so <laughs> I I had told her my name. I was like, hey, I'm Shayna, whatever. And we're talking. And then like as it ends, I was like, hey, so I'm gonna be running this CMA EDU chapter at MTSU. And Luke Laird had gone to MTSU and they had a couple other, like actually half the staff went Mm. to MTSU. And so I was like, I'd love to have a like panel or something with you guys. And so I go and I hand her, I had these little business cards that said like music business student at MTSU. And so I hand it to her and she looks at it and she goes, I know you. And my heart stopped. I was like, you know me? Because in my mind, I'm like, you're like my inspiration and you know who I am? And she goes, yeah, um, I've seen you all over our socials liking and commenting on our stuff. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, that's me. That's me, me. Shayna <laughs> about when. Um, And, yeah, so she'll tell it the exact same way, too, except in her mind she was like, oh, my God, I know this girl, and she's walking me to my car, and she likes and comments and all, all of our stuff. Is this creepy? And I was like, no, no, it's all good. Um, But, yeah, so that's how I first met Beth. But all of that was to say, like, it's very important to get to know, like, the people at your level and then be reaching out to people and um of any level because just about anybody in town will meet with you. If you reach out to them, like there's very few people aside from like maybe presidents of companies who are too busy to meet with you. And so um that, and also just cause I'm talking about it, like when you're here long enough and you start to see the class thing happening, it is the coolest feeling. And I'm at this weird place now where it's happening with all of my friends and like, there's this group of friends where I'm the only non-artist writer in it. They're all artists. And um, and it's like Avenue Beat, who just signed a pub deal and just signed a record deal. And then Joey Hendricks, who just signed a pub deal and just signed a record deal. Carlos Vara, just signed a pub deal, just signed a record deal. And it's like, actually, he didn't sign a pub deal, but he doesn't want to. Um, but it's like this weird thing where everybody in the group is just talent attracts talent. And people rise together and they write together and they hang out together. And it's like... It's so cool to watch your friends having those successes and then to be able to be a part of it now since I'm working with songwriters and being able to set them up with my friends. I'm like, this is so weird. It's like this weird mixing of the worlds, but then – once you're in Nashville long enough, there is no different worlds. It's all one thing. Right. It's it's so cool. And I
0: mean, and this is the time to be doing that too, as well. Yeah. Since like songwriters are having more of a face. and
1: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And now,
0: when you ask someone who's not the business, do you know about songwriters? They will say yes because,
1: yeah. Yeah. yeah it's really cool. It's really cool.
0: Well, this has been awesome. Thank you Thank for you sharing for all of me. your perspective. I
1: ramble and- a lot. Thank you for having me. Though. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Shana. Yeah.
0: Follow Creative Nation on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also visit their website, creativenation.com, to discover their roster of clients and what they are up to. Stay in the loop on latest YEP events by following YEP Nashville and YEP Los Angeles on socials to learn how to get involved in your city. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Libby Ulrich, the host of the Young Entertainment Professionals podcast. Until next time, discover, cultivate, accelerate.